This is keep me free. Being my usual dramatic self. Do we know who we are? Believers in Christ. Do you know who you are? Believer in Christ. Why would you even believe that you need to be redeemed in the first place? <laughs> Why would you even accept the ideal, as someone said to me, the ideal? Is it an ideal? Is it an ideal? Is it an ideal? Or is it a fact that by faith must be embraced? Because it had to have happened. We can't fake this. Amen. We can't act like it didn't happen. We can't act like it was all pretend. We believe in something. We believe in something. We believe in a man. We can break it down real tidy for you. See, a lot of people have an interpretation about what this man did. They have their own so-called version of their own reality of the situation. And perhaps I have mine. But when I investigate and look deep, I begin to understand in my heart, how does God interpret this, this man Christ? This Jesus. And then how does God interpret this man Christ, this Jesus? And I begin to realize that man has an interpretation of Jesus Christ. And his father, his father God has an interpretation of his son. Should I raise the notion? That my interpretation. Should I raise up a notion? Shall I raise up? Shall I raise up a notion? Shall I raise up a children? Shall I raise up a whole clan of people? Shall I raise up a congregation? Shall I raise up something that has an interpretation of what God did for me, his son Jesus Christ, based upon my personality and form things around myself? Is that what I've done? How does God feel about his son? That's the question. How does God feel about his son? We talk about the son of God and what you think about it. We talk about the son of God and his savior and what you feel about it. 
We talk about the Son of God and what it means to you and what it means to them. <laughs> we talk about the Son of God in so many ways, but let me ask you a question and ask myself the same. How does God see his son? How does his father see his son? What does the father say about the son? In those same scriptures. We ain't going to some ancient mystery verse. And those same scriptures that you read about Jesus, then you interpret it the way you want to interpret based upon your personality style points. And now let's do it somewhere else. Let's do it somewhere else. Let's take it to another level. I know this is the 18 minute preacher, but you know, I'm a burning star right now. So I'm trying to burn out as, as, and burn hot and burn through until it's, the burning is over. I'm not scared of the over. I'm not scared of the end. God said that your end is better than your beginning because it marks the end of your suffering. It marks the end of your pain and your dysfunction. And it marks the beginning of you coming into my presence. Don't think about a kingdom. See, some of you so hung up on a kingdom. You have to understand it's the presence of God. That's the kingdom. It's not a place. And God's mind is so big that it's a place. When you enter into God's thoughts, it's a place. When you enter into God's wisdom, it's a place. When you enter into God's focus, it's a place. When you enter into God's purpose for your life, it's a place. Not an idea. What you're saying, man, you're going off early this time. You normally wait till <laughs> at least six minutes in. You're a little early. What are you talking about? I'm saying, how does God, what does God feel about Jesus Christ? I get you got opinions. I get I got opinions. But how does God see his son? You, know, you, you ever get into an argument with your spouse or your girlfriend or whatever, and, and you call your husband, boyfriend, and you call their parents and you asking for the advice and they look, they talking to you like, huh? <laughs> What are you talking about? That's my son. That's my daughter. So I've concluded the greater wisdom in the matter is how does God see his son? How does the father see his son? With the eternal God of the universe, what has been written about his son? What has God said about his son? What has God said about his son? What has God said about his son? The son of God. What has God said about his son? He says he's eternal. What has God said about his son?
I get the impression that the son is the mediator between me and this God. I get the impression that this Lord Jesus Christ is a gap, is a bridge, is a way that I can reconcile something to an eternal God. I've come to the conclusion that this Jesus Christ is not just a poster boy of a sacrifice. He's just not a dead son laying in the lap of a woman. He's more than that. You're reducing him, reducing him, reducing him to your personality style points. Some of you like self-martyrdom. So you need a God that's continually self-martyring himself. He said, I died one time. One time was enough because it was divine. The one time death was divine. That's why I don't, that's why he doesn't have to keep crucifying himself when you sin. That's why he doesn't have to keep dying over and over when you disobedient. That's why he doesn't have to keep going down to the wailing wall every time you don't want to act right. Because it was done one time. See, he's a one-time God for your salvation. A one-time God for your redemption. A one-time God for you being born into his family. What do you want him to do? Do it over and over and over and over again, you selfish sin. Why can't you just accept the one sacrifice that they put on it? The book's on it for you. <laughs> you just don't want to sign your name on your new deed. <laughs> There's been a new deed purchased for you. <laughs> Do you want to sign your name on it? Do you want to buy yourself another property? Do you want to put your name on a temple? See, you're supposed to be the temple of the living God. That means there's a deed attached to your life. There's a deed attached to your spirit. There's a deed attached to your understanding. There's a deed attached to you. If you are born again, there's a deed attached to you. Somebody holds your mortgage. You don't own you. You're not as free as you think you want to be if you belong to Christ. You're not free even if you don't belong to him. Then you belong to the systems of the world that control your mind, control your thoughts, control your will, control your actions, control your reaction. And you have no buffer zone between the two. You see, God gave you a buffer zone in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, you can think what you want to think. I heard Jesus say, even if you don't believe I'm the son of God, at least believe in the miracles I do. God, he's given you leverage, giving us peace, giving us a place to stretch out in our understanding. Yeah, that was a powerful statement. He said, he said, you don't have to believe I'm the son of God. If you do, then you're great. <laughs> if you don't, I understand that because it might be hard for you, but at least do to believe the miracles. 
that I do. Believe that I come in the name of my father. Believe that I come to set humanity free. You might not get all the way there just yet, but believe me on your deathbed. I'm going to come and visit you with that same question. I'm going to come and visit you with that same question. And you can then answer it then for yourself in the name of Jesus. But believe the miracles that I do. This is an 18-minute preacher walking a thin line of faith, walking a thin line of hope. I once reached out in the name of Jesus, looking for a hand to grab my hand back. And all I found was I was grabbing air and air was grabbing me. But you know what? I understood something that my Lord exists in the air. My Lord exists in the spirit. My Lord is a God of the spirit. In the name of Jesus, I can reach out and touch him. I can reach out and embrace him. I can reach out and love him. I can reach out and find his tenderness in the name of Jesus for my body, for my soul, for my understanding, for my life. See, you got a present God. You got a present God. Your God ain't absent. You got a right there, God. You got a right next to you, God. You just got to turn around sometimes and open up your eyes. Say, Jesus say, Lord, open up your eyes. He say, open up your ears that you might hear, that you might see in the name of Jesus, that you might see who's standing next to you. Woo. I look back on times of my life. Who's standing next to me? I knew I, I thought I wouldn't make it. I knew I wouldn't make it, but I did. Who was standing next to me? When I knew I didn't know how to pay that bill and that, that this and that mortgage and that, and it got paid some kind of way, who was standing next to me? When that child was sick in the name of Jesus and I had no more prayers to pray about it, who was next to me, whether they lived or died. When my, my mother and father got divorced and separated, who was next to me that's bringing you this message now? That didn't start just yesterday. <laughs> just, just this, this, just, this just didn't pop up like a pop star revival yesterday. This is a real life that's complete. All right, I got the, I got to keep moving. Uh, I may have paused too long. I may, I might be in the underbrush, in the underbush, in the underbrush, in the brush. There's the bush, and then there's the brush underneath the bush. <laughs> I may be under the brush. That's under the bush. <laughs> I'm, I'm in some low, low riding espionage. Uh, Mm. Can't disclose, can't disclose, can't exclose. 
My words tripping up. Now I know it's time to stop. See, my words getting locked. Syllables getting rearranged. <laughs> Starting to talk in tongues. I showed them a rearranging of your tongue. In the name of Jesus, some of us so scared of God, so scared of the Holy Spirit, running from God, won't even learn his language, won't even understand that tongues is a language from your spirit to the spirit of God that's living in you, and you can have an interpretation of tongues <laughs> if you want to know the interpretation of your tongues come on to the living god right now there's going to be a birth in the revival of tongue speaking among the body of christ and i don't mean that stuff you see in hollywood i'm talking about you understanding what you're talking about i'm talking about you understanding what you're saying i'm talking about you talking in tongues in an unknown language and interpreting what you're saying <laughs> and revealing the heart of the things around you in talking to your God. I'm a witness. I'm a witness of it. I believe in tongues. <laughs> I heard a voice say, oh man, come on, man. That was a one-time event, baby, you know. <laughs> That was like Woodstock, <laughs> you know, it happened one time, you know. <laughs> I heard a voice say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you think your God is a one-time hit wonder? He <laughs> 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 said, I die every day. <laughs> Paul said, I die every day. See, the Lord God had to do it in his son once, but you got to die every day. You got to give up the flesh every day. You got to say no to the fleshly mind every day. That's your job as a good temple manager. Aren't you the temple of the living God? Then manage your temple. 